So I want to cut right to the chase here because this second episode that we're bringing you this week, our second encore presentation while we're all off scattered across the planet um, trying to not podcast for a week. It's one of my all-time favorites. It is an episode we did before the NFL draft. It's an episode that I think is actually even more resonant right now as you begin to notice all of these new faces, all of these new names, all these new bodies that are comprising NFL rosters. And it's an episode that we did with our guy, Dave Fleming, who noticed that scouts happen to be obsessed with one big feature when it came to evaluating future pro football players. And ever since, we have been obsessed, too. So it is Tuesday, August 23rd, and this is ESPN Daily. So in the interest of full journalistic transparency, I do want to explain how all of this happened. I was scrounging around for ways to cover the NFL draft this week. And so... Naturally, I googled Dave Fleming, you're a man with a particular set of skills, <laughs> plus NFL draft, which is how I discovered, Flem, that you once wrote and reported an entire story exhaustively about butts. Honestly, I can just retire now because this is the highlight of my career. So where does the glute gossip happen, Flem? How does the butt figure into the story of the NFL draft? This is one of the all-time classics as far as like story generation, story idea generation. This is like a decade ago. I am in the darkened hall where they do the weigh-ins for the senior bowl. The players come out on stage, they get weighed, they get measured, and the scouts are all in attendance. And I'm sitting amongst them each time a prospect specifically like interior linemen, especially, they would come out onto the stage. I could hear in the dark scouts around me holding up handheld recorders and whispering into them stuff like, oh my God, look at his haunches. Oh, beautiful bubble butt. Oh my God, this guy is stacked in the back. I, this is this is a five star. And I... Flem, Flem, Flem. That is the creepiest thing we've ever aired on this podcast. Well, here's the thing. I dialed it down 40% for you. It was 40% more creepy. That's how I was like, <laughs> what? I cannot believe I'm hearing this. And that's how the whole investigation into this part of the draft and the part of athletics, that's how it started. Once in a while, you get glimpses into how scouts and football teams think. And when you get normally the, a curmudgeonly old school scout and you ask him about a prospect's butt, they turn into just chatty Cathy's uh, slash Sir Mix-a-Lots. Look at that big bubble butt. That's a, it's a power generator, those that thighs, quads, and the bubble butt. Offensive linemen love that. And you know what's great is, I mean, your timing, as always, is impeccable because there is a prospect in this year's draft that, from what I'm hearing, could be the best butt in NFL history. Wait a minute. I didn't realize that we were on the verge of butt history. The gold standard was Dontari Poe. Mm. And when he ran his 40-yard dash and literally on the NFL Network... They were swooning and speechless and just beside themselves 
talking about his butt. And I had to ask him several questions about his behind. And he was like, you know, that's the moneymaker. That's my anchor. (laughs) So the fact that there is somebody out there that might surpass Poe in the badunkadunk, I mean, this is historic. Yeah, Flem, it is is remarkable, really, that we could be dealing with a prospect who might be at the very top of bottoms. And my first guess would be, is it Florida running back Damian Pierce, who is the guy that no less than NBC's Chris Sims, the former quarterback, began waxing poetic about in a way that made me honestly want to, like, lay a track underneath. You know me, I love me some thighs and some butt, and he's got thighs and butts for days. No, I can tell you that is not who I had in mind. But as easy as it is to make fun of Chris Sims, he's really on to something. In the world of NFL scouting and drafting and expert picks and mock drafts, in a world where people invest millions of dollars and thousands of man hours and still get half their picks wrong, when it comes to examining and evaluating and assessing glutes, that is one of the very few things that actually makes sense from a physiological and kinetic standpoint. And so it sounds, Dave, like we're going to get to the bottom of this story. <laughs> I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. Neither of us is. That's two bottom puns in a row. I feel bad about that. No, you don't. Yeah, I don't. I really don't. The National Football League likes big butts, and they cannot lie. In fact, if you dare to listen close enough to the people making the picks in this week's draft, because, yeah, again, it is super creepy, you'll realize that the backside is right up there with biceps and wingspan and hand size and every other trait that we know GMs fetishize. But even more than that, there is actual science across many, many sports to back it up. So today, we hitch our wagon to Dave Fleming, who explains arguably the most important and underrated driver of athletic greatness. And it's right behind you. This is ESPN Daily. Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code DAILY. That's code DAILY. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Dave Lemming, I have no guilt or shame about the fact that we're about to 
spent a lot of time on air talking about the derriere. <laughs> but I do want to establish the credibility that you specifically have on this subject because you've reported on this. You have studied evolutionary biology, as is your want on this show, to explain and understand why it is that the history of butts is a two million year old subject that is worthy of our inspection <laughs> as sports is, journalists. This is my favorite part of these bizarre stories that we talk about. It's funny, right? Giggle, ha ha, let's talk about athletes' butts, everyone's swooning over football players' butts. And then you drill down and you do a little bit of reporting and you make a couple of phone calls and you realize the glute counterbalances the chest that man was able to stand up and become bipedal and hunt and move in a way that would allow him to get enough protein to develop his brain that two million years later, you and I can do a podcast on, on glutes and athletics. From experts in kinetics and physiology, the glute is the epicenter and the powerhouse of all athletic movement. Honestly, from a straightforward physiological standpoint, the glutes are, not only are they the largest muscle group in the body, they literally dictate explosive power, they dictate balance, they dictate pronation of the legs and the hips. They are the most significant muscle group in the history of man's evolution and athletic performance, and we never talk about it. No, because when you talk about a butt, it sounds like you're just talking out of your butt. <laughs> it doesn't seem particularly rigorous, but you're saying, Flem, you've talked to enough people, enough experts, who say that actually this drives performance. So the people who have been talking about this, Dave, the, the experts, the, the rump raiders, <laughs> the best of them, who are they seeing in this year's draft that is blowing them away? Well, I mean, that's, again, that's why your timing is so good because from what I'm hearing, honestly, there is a prospect, there's a butt prospect in this draft that literally could be, and I'm, I'm not trying to be funny, the, the best butt in NFL history. And so whose shank are you crowning? <laughs> Here's the thing, right? We could almost reverse engineer this and you could figure it out. If people are really tuned into this, people can figure it out, right? If you understand that explosive power comes from the glutes, speed comes from the glutes, balance comes from the glutes, there's really only one guy who it, it could be. Yeah, that's a big man move. It is. That is a big moving. Holy That holy. deserves a nice round of applause from the fans here. And he is six foot six, 340 pound Jordan Davis. Mm. A man whose glutes are so developed, right, that I can't do the math, but I think he weighs one fifth of a ton. <laughs> and he can jump 10 feet from standing flat-footed. They just watched somebody pushing 340 run a 4.82. Wait, you're saying Jordan Davis, this guy who weighs almost 400 pounds, you're saying that he doesn't have a single crack in his game. <laughs> Pepper. Pepper the what? 
No, and I'm telling you, you hear you heard it here first. Best butt in NFL history. But what's your personal credibility on this flem in terms of like your first person experience? I hate to put your your own butt on the line here, but like why why is this something that you have this personal affinity for understanding? So I believe it or not, I reached out to one of the the most highly regarded pre-combine trainers for NFL talent. And I've never in my entire career heard someone so excited about an interview request. It was like we had waited 2 million years for someone to understand and bring (laughs) up the importance of the glutes. He jumped through the phone and was like, I'll meet you at the Hilton in downtown Indianapolis. It's all about the butt. I'm so glad you're asking this. No one talks about it. I can't wait to talk to you. His name is Mark Vestergen, and he's trained, I mean, probably by now, hundreds of high draft picks. And he focuses very exclusively on the glute in developing athletes for for the NFL. We met in the Conrad Hilton lobby in downtown Indianapolis. Now, the Conrad is like marble floors, chandeliers, fancy art. And like down the hallway was Andy Reid. There are agents. It's it's sort of like the fancy schmanciest place. And immediately this trainer puts me on the floor of the lobby and starts running me through exercises, screaming at me to fire my glutes so that I'll know and feel the importance of where the power comes from in your body. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. So my mental image here of you on the floor with this sports scientist of sorts, as he's yelling at you to fire your glutes, what does firing a glute entail? Well, I guess just, well, I didn't have a choice because he was also sort of karate chopping each butt cheek. <laughs> and before, before we had to worry about security escorting us out of the Conrad Hilton which they should have right. at this point. Yeah, and I honestly, I've seen Andy Reid a bunch, and he still kind of gives me the side eye about, about this whole situation. But it was just a way for him to explain, look, you can't, your whole body can elevate just by firing your glutes. And he didn't want to take an hour to try and convince me. He just showed me in five minutes. And then the conversation was incredible. Wait, so you get converted to the religion of tail, and what then proceeds to happen? So just to give you an idea, the glute maximus, which is only one of nine muscles in this muscle group and you're behind, the glute maximus is three times the size of your bicep. So Mm. that just gives you an idea of how much power can be generated by this set of glute muscles, which to me all sound like characters in the movie Gladiator. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And we are, in fact, entertained. Honestly, you know what, though? If I were a gladiator, my name would be Gluteus Minimus. (laughs) (laughs) So you're in Indianapolis. It feels like you're at hindquarters headquarters. But who's the actual case study there that you were trying to analyze? 
Well, it's it's funny how these things all tend to, to sort of magically come together, right? But we're exploring the human evolution and we're watching and I'm there talking to an expert on the glutes. And then Dontari Poe runs his 40-yard dash and every single scout loses their mind. So to be clear, Flem, this is this is a tush that you have been talking about and thinking about for a decade now. That's how long you've been on this story. But explain for those who don't quite remember the legend of Dontari Poe, why he is that way to you. Well, he's the original Jordan Davis, right? He was originally the sort of the gold standard for badunkadunk in the NFL. He ran that 40-yard dash, 345-pound nose tackle, right? You need that power so that you can't be moved in the trenches. But at the same time, because of the way the glutes are structured, they're also responsible for explosive power and speed as well as balance. And so he's running down the field in Indianapolis and you can sense not just the announcers and the scouts and the fans and the potential teammates, the entire NFL stopped in its tracks to watch him as he <laughs> to watch him as he ran away. Yeah, they hate to see him go, but they do love to watch him leave. Yes, yes. You are crushing it today, Pablo, I have to say. But that's when it was like, there's got to be something to this. Well, okay, but this is where I got to like throw some cold water on this. And also you, I feel like at this point, because you had to go talk to this guy. I imagine, I don't know, it's a little different to be the object, as opposed to the observer here. What did Dontari Poe have to say about being this sort of, you know, piece of you-know-what? These ideas always sound great until you actually have to stand in front of Dontari Poe, who's 350 pounds, and ask him about his butt. And he understood. He was like, hey, I've always had this. It's always been one of the things that really has helped me out in my job. A light bulb went off when he was like, that's my anchor. That is my anchor. That's why I can't be moved in the trenches. And you start to understand just how significant this body part is to NFL success. Unfortunately, we do not have the archival sound of the NFL Network's TV feed during that five second, that glorious five second stretch when Dontari Poe is rumbling. But we do have a transcript of it. So would you mind doing <laughs> would you mind doing a reenactment here for our listeners' sakes? If you could play the role of Mike Mayock, you'll have that transcript in front of you, I believe, right now. I do. Here's the thing though, I need a little more direction. Do you do you want Valley Girl? Do you want NFL Scout? Like what's my motivation? You are NFL Network analyst Mike Mayock, future GM of the Oakland and Las Vegas Raiders, talking about what does qualify, I believe, in the musical parlance as an Oakland booty. Okay. Here we go. You guys, look at that butt. Are you kidding me? I'm Warren Sapp here. He's on this too. That looks so good, didn't it? Holy smokes. I'm sorry. I'm getting all excited. I'm now Mike Lombardi, another NFL analyst. Oh. I'm absolutely beside myself. Lombardi again. That butt. Now that... That's where you get your power from. And scene. And scene. None of that was at all exaggerated. That's exactly what they said. No, on television. On television. And it's. I think it's fantastic when we get 
tiny little glimpses into the real NFL, into what they're really looking at, what really gets them excited. <laughs> and uh, I'm surprised more people haven't focused on it. Especially, Flem, because the list of other sports that testify to the power of buns is pretty thick. And that's after the break. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. And you know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. I know I have. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home some huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So, Flam, it seems pretty clear to me that hindquarters headquarters is, in fact, the NFL. But I also want to be very fair to the rest of the sports world here because they also know how much this matters, as much as it's seemingly impolite to talk about. This takes the discussion of the glue to a whole nother level, and it did for me in my reporting, right? It's one thing to understand explosive power or a nose tackle not being able to be moved by two blockers because of his haunches, because of his backside. It's another thing and just another fascinating layer to this that, you know, all Sports where you have to sort of hit something, hockey, tennis, golf, baseball. All of that comes from rotational force. I think the easiest way is to explain how I learned it. And I learned it from Peyton Manning, where he was teaching kids at his camp a long time ago how to throw the long ball. And the kids were really sort of like winding up with their arm and trying to get the deep ball. And he finally came over and said, and patted his backside by his, the, the, of his plant leg. And he said, you throw the long ball with your legs because that's where the power comes from. Your arm in those kind of movements, whether it's hockey, tennis, golf, baseball, throwing a football, your arm is really just the final piece of the catapult, right? A kinetic catapult. That's your arm is just the lever. The power comes from your hips and your glutes and your core as you rotate to sort of explode that catapult. Yeah, and even in basketball, right, talking about like the long ball, I remember talking to the guy who was training Steph Curry with the Golden State Warriors. And famously, you know this story, Flem, Steph had fundamentally cursed ankles. They were messed up. They weren't strong enough. His body, as a result, was suffering. His health was suffering. And what K.K. Lyles did, the Warriors strength coach, 
was teach him that, you know, shiftiness, yes, that's an ankle strategy, but power comes from the hips. He wanted to teach Steph how to load his hips to unload his ankles, which led to me standing in front of KK Lyles, not unlike you in Indianapolis, as he was grabbing his own butt. It's incredible, right? And I, I have to tell you, anytime there is a, a problem with an athlete in these sports that we've mentioned, it almost certainly has to do or runs through the glutes. They're the steering wheel. But if you imagine a golf swing, right? You don't hit a golf ball long because you have strong arms. It's that centrifugal force that you, that you generate. That all starts in the backside. But the whole thing about the steering wheel, it does raise the question of, like, NASCAR. How does a sport with literal steering wheels, how do they work inside of this paradigm that you're describing? For the ESPN story that I wrote, uh, Nationwide Series champion Brad Keselowski told me, quote, my ass is my compass. <laughs> Honestly, yes, I know. That sounds it like... It sounds like you're standing on a desk yes. right now. Yeah, reciting, reciting the bard. Dead yeah. booty society. Um, <laughs> so my ass is my compass. Without it, I'd crash like an airplane. And that's just not him being cheeky. He actually means that. Yeah, and it, it really goes all the way back to the beginning of NASCAR when they didn't have onboard computers and sensors and stuff to tell them exactly, you know, to what two ounces to put in what tire. You know, somebody like Richard Petty and John Andretti, when they were working together, Andretti would come off the track and Petty would ask him before they got any of the data, quote, What'd your ass tell you? And Andretti would usually sort of think for a minute and then he would tell Petty, um, you know, the left front tire needs a little bit more air. And Petty would, without checking the data, would go, you heard him, boys, a little more air in the left front tire. That amount of confidence, Flem, it reminds me of Charles Barkley regaling us with tales about how a big wide butt is so key to posting up. This is something that should be valued and respected. It also reminds me that there is one sport in which the butt has almost become its own entity that demands like actual changes in fashion. Oh yeah. I mean, in the NFL, you've got good bubble in the NHL. You got hockey, butt, and it is a real phenomenon. And, and this isn't a negative characterization. This is actually a point of pride. Oh, hockey butt. Yes, absolutely. In fact, hockey butt has, has changed fashion, like you said, right? Hockey players, because of the, the skating, the balance, the expl explosive power, they develop tremendous glutes. And if you don't have those, like if you were to walk into the Carolina Hurricanes locker room and go, Man, you have a skinny butt. That, those are fighting words in the NHL because it's a matter of pride. It's about the work you've put in to develop that part of your anatomy. And as a result, hockey players really struggle. I'm laughing, I know, but this is a real thing. Hockey players have traditionally struggled finding jeans or shorts or pants that actually fit their hockey butts. No, I mean, Lululemon, which is based in Vancouver, for those who didn't realize, they actually sell, they sold a line of pants with a wider cut in the seat to accommodate hockey butt. 
Oh, 100%. Before Lululemon became a household name with stores everywhere, hockey players loved traveling to Vancouver to play so that they could go to Lululemon headquarters and load up on pants that fit their butt. And so the deep pass in football is one thing, but it feels like all the logic you're describing, Flem, all the kinetic chain stuff here would also apply to, like, hitting a home run. Exactly. And, you know, for proof, somebody like Curtis Granderson, right? He weighed, what, 195 pounds? This guy doesn't have big biceps. Right. Curtis Granderson, the now retired three-time all-star outfielder, he had pretty wiry arms more than anything. And when we asked him how he hit 41 home runs and... 119 RBIs, he said that he generates his power and drive, quote, from the belly button down. (laughs) And you know, you know, it's funny. And then we said, well, has that become a battle with the pitchers? And he goes, yeah, because the best pitchers, they got a lot of meat back there too. Yeah, they really do, Flem. And by the way, I agree that the gluteus maximus should be therefore regarded as this real muscle to flex in the way that we glorify the bicep. And there is all of that hard science to prove that, but I also understand from your reporting that there is a social science around the posterior too that you do want to bring to the forefront here. Believe it or not, there have been studies of tactile communication amongst athletes, and the butt tap is second only to the high five during competitions. <laughs> wait, wait, I'm sorry. So there, there's been a rigorous study that analyzes flesh-on-flesh kind of uh, vibe improvements? I think, I'm not sure I would use flesh-on-flesh, but yes, in heated competition, in a loud arena or stadium, when athletes can't really talk to each other, there have been studies by actual scientists that have determined that one of the ways that they communicate is through tactile touch and interaction. And of course, everybody knows what a high five is. But if you think about it, the butt tap is it's it's like a good job. It could be it could be uh, like a more gentle butt tap. Like it's okay you miss those free throws. Yep. A reassuring. uh, Yeah. Encouraging tap. Exactly. Again, what they've determined is that teams that communicate through touch more frequently win more games. And so if your favorite team and your favorite players are patting each other's butts, then your team's going to be much more successful. So, Flem, what I'm gathering close to the end here is that the keister is sort of a key to building a great team, regardless of whether it's the NFL draft or the NHL or the NBA or NASCAR. You sort of need that. But it goes even beyond that. It's not just about team building. It's about team communication which directly influences team performance. And honestly, the butt is involved in all of that. And if we're really being honest, Flem, like anecdotally, you do something great or even something like that you need a little bit more confidence in and, you know, slap on the butt kind of makes you feel good. I don't think there's any shame in that. No, I regret that we're not doing this in person because I feel like I deserve and could (laughs) use a butt slap after this episode. Honestly, Pablo, now we are, we've gone from like the two million years ago in human evolution to, in all seriousness, on a molecular level, when you communicate that way tactilely by butt tapping, it releases the hormone oxytocin, 
which is the hormone that creates higher feelings of trust. And all great teams have high levels of trust. So again, direct line between championships and butts. And podcasting. Butt slap. Dave Lemming, thank you for hitting us where the good Lord split us. I'm, I'm out of puns. I'm out of butt puns. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Pablo. I'm Pablo Torre. This has been ESPN Daily. I'll talk to you tomorrow.